The sun has set, the air is cold, something moves beyond the clearing. A faint whisper, a heavy footstep, something's getting close. But have no fear, you should be safe, the campfire is going strong. Gather round, but be warned, they come before dawn. Good evening, dear listeners, and welcome to They Come Before Dawn. I am your host, Lawrence. And I am your co-host, Ray. And this night's episode, we'll be talking about the Dibbuk. And the Dibbuk box. <laughs> I'm not even sure if we're saying it correctly, to be honest. Yeah, we are. And in most of the things I saw, they said Dibbuk, but it's a Jewish name, it's Hebrew, so... Oh yeah, of course. Both yeah. of us don't speak Hebrew, so That's I'm not true. sure if... Okay, yeah, it could be. But everyone says Dibbuk. Everyone says I heard the pronunciation Dibbuk, but I think it's just like an Dibuk. English. Pronunciation is probably not right. Yeah, probably not right. So, Dibbuk. Alright, normally we start by asking ourselves how we've been, how's our weeks been, stuff like that. Not this night. Not today. In this night we'll just jump right in. Because there's a a tale I want to tell you about. Yes, you told me. It was something, whilst we were doing the research of the Mm Dibbuk, something that I immediately thought of. But afterwards, I don't think it would be, I wouldn't say appropriate, but it would be correct to place the Dibbuk and this thing that I want to talk about. Like it doesn't really fit it together. It doesn't really fit yeah. together, but still, it's so interesting. And it really goes hand in hand with what you told me before we started um, the episode. So I think you'll you'll see how how related these things yeah, are. Okay, okay, curious. Okay, so the thing I want to uh, talk to you about is uh, the unlucky mummy. The unlucky mummy. You told me you don't know what the unlucky mummy is. No, but I don't. What do you think it would be about? Uh, something, I guess, Egyptian mythology. Um, it's Egyptian. Yeah, because yeah. mummies are yeah. Egyptian. It's an Egyptian and mummy. I thing. don't know how a mummy could be lucky, though, because they're... You're dead. Yeah. So I'm curious about how this mummy is even unluckier than, un- or maybe, maybe mummies are considered lucky as in because they're bombed and blah blah, and they go to the afterlife. Uh-huh. So maybe this one. Well, I don't know. I, I always Many I always things. find your way of thinking so fascinating. <laughs> you have such a special way of thinking oh, about things. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I yeah. Okay. So, what's a mummy in? What does it? Uh, rest in um, a sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. I, I know. I don't know the English. Yeah, <laughs> okay. a sarcophagus. It's okay. correct. We say sarcophag, but it's a sarcophagus. <laughs> yeah. So, what's a sarcophagus? It's just like a sort of box, right? Um, yeah, just like an extremely it's a, pretty and expensive yeah, box. But it's in the end, it's just a box. So, when we decided to do. The episode about Dibbux and Dibbux boxes. Yeah. I thought, hey, a box, a sarcophagus oh, is also okay, sort of okay, like a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't about a spirit or it isn't about a demonic creature or anything no. along those lines. It's about a mummy, yeah. which is also a thing that comes back with a zombie, a mummy, a demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. So okay. I have a bit of a weird thought process, and that was the first thing that jumped into my mind when we decided to do it about Dibbux. Oh, you thought it was going to be... No, I didn't think you were going to do anything about this mummy, but I knew about the unlucky mummy. I don't know why, but that's probably my ADD. 
which makes me jump into these weird uh, parallels and oh, weird yeah. conclusions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's one of the first things that's jumped into my mind. Hmm. So, the unlucky mummy. First of all, that's incorrect. It's not about a mummy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not about. It's a not about a mummy. It's about. It's not even about a sarcophagus. Oh. It's about the wooden mummy board or the inner coffin lid that's painted. So you know a, a sarcophagus. So you have the mummy. Yeah. The mummy sits in a in a coffin. Mm-hmm. Then you have a sarcophagus, and then you even have a stone sarcophagus. So there's much different layers to a sarcophagus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was a coffin in a sarcophagus. It's not like like we bury our dead. It's not no, like a coffin not, no, with yeah. a body in it dumped into the ground. No, no, it's not. Um, like There's multiple layers. Yeah, I, I didn't know there was the layer between the mummy and the sarcophagus, though. I yeah. didn't know that. There's a, I mean, Let sometimes... Me layer, not always. It's by ranking and how much money you had yeah. in life. Like a pharaoh is obviously has a lot more layers to yeah. it because they're so influential and yeah. so much more higher in rank, so much and closer to deities. Rich. Yeah, and rich, <laughs> obviously. So the unlucky mummy itself, it talks about a wooden mummy board or what we would call the inner coffin lid. So oh. it's just the... So it's not about it's just the, the body itself. Yeah, just a painted wooden panel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So the lid is of a female you can see by features that are on the lids itself mm. also the lid has uh, crossed hands yeah. which i've heard references a female but wasn't the, um, the sarcophagus from was it the pharaoh tutankhamun isn't it also yeah but hand? he's crossed hand and he has a scepter yeah and an ankh in his yeah. hand that's specific to him to a, a, oh. a pharaoh i believe what I mean is more of an outstretched hands. Oh, and it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's different. different. Okay, it's okay, different. I get it, I get it. The quality of the lid, because it's so beautifully decorated, means that it's a person of high rank. Mm-hmm. There is no name on this lid. There are hieroglyphics on them, but they are all religious phrases. Why this unlucky mummy is so unlucky, that's the reason I immediately thought of it when looking into the book. So... I'll tell you a story, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll do this uh, verbatim. Of all tales of the supernatural, this one is perhaps the best documented, the most disturbing, and the most difficult to explain. The princess of Amenra lived some 1,500 years before Christ. When she died, she was laid in an ornate wooden coffin and buried deep in a vault at Luxor, on the banks of the Nile. In the late 1890s, four rich young Englishmen visiting the excavations at Luxor were invited to buy an exquisitely fashioned mummy case containing the remains of the Princess of Amanra. They drew lots. The man who won paid several thousand pounds and had the coffin taken to his hotel. To his hotel? To his hotel. Okay. A few hours later, he was seen walking out towards the desert. He never returned. Oh... Okay. The next day, one of the remaining three men was shot by an Egyptian servant, accidentally. His arm was so severely wounded that he, that he had to be amputated. The third man in the threesome found on his return home that the bank holding his entire savings had failed. The fourth guy suffered a severe illness, lost his job and was reduced to selling matches in the street. 
So we became sort of like that. Yeah. Nevertheless, the coffin reached England, causing other misfortunes along the way, where it was bought by a London businessman. Mm -hmm. After three of his family members had been injured in a road accident and his house was damaged by a fire, the businessman donated it to the British Museum. Damn. He was just like... I don't need more money no. anymore for it. Just I don't want to deal it. with it. Huh. As the coffin was being unloaded from a truck in a museum courtyard, the truck suddenly went into reverse. The truck suddenly went into reverse and trapped a passerby. Then, as the casket was being lifted up the stairs by two workmen, one fell and broke his leg. The other, apparently in perfect health, died unaccountably two days later. So, uh, what? Okay. Once the princess was installed in the Egyptian room, so in the it's a room in the British Museum. Yeah. There's multiple, uh, multiple rooms called the Egyptian room. There's a second Egyptian room, third Egyptian room. Yeah. So once the princess was installed in the Egyptian room, trouble really started. Oh no. The museum's night watchman frequently heard frantic hammering and sobbing from the coffin. Other exhibits in the room were off, were also often hurled about at night. One watchman died on duty, making the other watchman wanting to quit his job. Uh, yeah, understandably. <laughs> Cleaners refused to go near the princess, and when a visitor derisively flicked a dust cloth at the face painted on the coffin, his child died of measles <gasps> soon afterwards. No. Wait, what year are we speaking of It means the four men bought the coffin in the late 1890s, so it's probably in the What's 1900s. It? Oh, okay, yeah, it's Maybe actually not that long ago. Yeah, it's... I mean, like a hundred years it's ago. About a hundred years ago. Yeah. A bit more. Finally, the authorities had the mummy carried down to the basement, figuring it could not do any harm down there. Of course, yeah, it's a supernatural thing. If you put it in a basement, don't... Sure, yeah, logic. Course. Within a week, one of the helpers was seriously ill and the supervisor of the move was found dead on his desk. Why didn't they just ship it back to Egypt where it probably By now, the papers had heard of it, so a journalist photographer took a picture of the mummy case and when he developed it, developed it the painting on the coffin was of a horrifying human face. Ooh. The photographer was said to have gone home then locked his bedroom and shot himself. What? Soon afterwards, the museum sold the mummy to a private collector. After continual misfortunes and deaths, the owner banished it to his attic. To his what? To his attic. Attic? Attic. Oh. Attic. Attic? Attic? No, attic. Attic. Yeah. Yeah. Without it. English not good. <laughs> A well-known authority on the occult, Madame Helena Blavatsky, visited the premises. Mm -hmm. Upon entry, she was seized by a shivering fit and searched the house for the source of an evil influence of an incredible intensity. She finally came to the attic and found the mummy case. Can you exorcise this evil spirit? asked the owner. <laughs> There is no such thing as exorcism. Evil remains evil forever. Nothing can be done about it. I implore you to get rid of this evil as soon as possible. But no British museum would take the mummy. 
the fact that almost 20 people had met with misfortune, disaster or death from handling the casket in barely 10 years was now well known. Damn. Eventually a hard-headed American archaeologist who dismissed the happenings as quirks of circumstance mm -hmm. paid a handsome price for the mummy and arranged for its removal to New York. In April 1912, the new owner escorted its treasure aboard the sparkling new White Star liner about to make its maiden voyage to New York. On the night of April 14, amid scenes of unprecedented horror, the Princess of Amun-Ra accompanied 1,500 passengers to their death at the bottom of the Atlantic. The name of the ship was, of course, the HMS Titanic. No, no, no. Oh my god, the moment you said 1912 and then you said ship, I was like, no, no, it's not, no. Yeah. Is this a, is this a true story? This story supposedly was written to explain how the Titanic sunk. They think that this mummy could have caused but this. The story, like, it's real. This story is 100% false. Okay, it's not real. It's not real. Okay. okay. There, there is no mummy of Amun-Ra. No oh, princess of okay, Amun-Ra. Okay, okay, okay. As I said before, the unlucky mummy that we know is just a coffin board, a coffin lid. Yeah. No, there's no mummy. There's no physical oh, mummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the story is false. This never happened. There never was a mummy aboard the Titanic. Okay. It isn't on any cargo manifest or any cargo diagrams. I told you uh, last episode that cargo is very important in a ship. The mm -hmm. way it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's all noted. Yeah. It's very difficult. It needs a smart man to uh, calculate how to you calculate it with weight and ballast amongst those things. So it's not that easy to uh, load a ship. Okay. So there should be mention of a mummy or yeah. human remains on the titanic cargo lists and manifest there is it okay so the mummy was supposedly acquired in the late 1890s but the medium i spoke of helena uh, blavatsky she died in 1891 okay so, so she couldn't have known oh. about the mummy in the attic so then who she would have died already. who said this like who came up with the story and why the mummy or rather the coffin lid, it never left the British Museum and it's still there today. So if both of us would go to oh. London to the British Museum, then I have the exact number and the exact place where we can see the unlucky mummy. The British, I think I've been to the British Museum. So I believe it's the natural, British Museum natural of Natural History or something. Yeah, like. so, yeah There's I just the British there. Museum, yeah. I probably saw Yeah, it. I've been there as well and... It's been a long time. But, but it's a huge museum. Yeah. Could have missed it if you're not that interested in Egyptian oh, yeah, artifacts. That was like 10 years ago, I, I mean, remember. There's a lot of sarcophagus <laughs> there and a lot of yeah. mummies and there's just one among many. Damn. So this ghost story, because it is a ghost yeah. story, was fabricated by two English men named William Stead and Douglas Murray. Uh, so it was fabricated. Okay, okay. But still, that's a really cool it's story. It's a really though. cool story. The plot twist, like it was on the Titanic. No! <laughs> it was on among Titanic. Oh my god. And I, For I a don't know. second, I was like... No, 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 way. Yeah, so actually, no. if you would look, if you would look this up, Titanic, Mummy, you'll, you'll find yeah. this story. And I think it's yeah. such a cool story. It is. It is a cool story. I was so nervous for this plot twist. <laughs> I felt so hot. I didn't want to, I didn't want to misspeak. Yeah. Because yeah. if I misspoke, I wanted to say the sentence again. And then the, mm. the, 
I am gonna spoil the whole surprise. Yeah. I was very excited for the whole surprise. Oh my god. But it might not have anything to do with the Dibbuk, but I found it no. very, very interesting. It is, it is a cool story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's no problem. <laughs> and to be honest, like, even though it has nothing to do with Dibbuk's or Dibbuk boxes, there, there are some similarities to the story I'm going to tell about yeah. the Dibbuk box. Yeah. I don't know if you... When we spoke before yeah. the episode, some things lit up. Yeah, so... Yeah, when you told yeah. the story, I was like, huh, that's very well, interesting. We'll see once we'll you that. do your thing, Yeah, that the listeners will probably um, understand what we mean right yeah, now. Yeah. Alright, so, yeah. cool story. Let's talk about now, the Dybbuk now. You're going to talk about the Dybbuk, and yeah. then later in the episode I'll be talking specifically about the Dybbuk box. Yeah. So stay tuned if you would like to know about that. Um, but first, I Lawrence. think everyone wants to know about the whole thing. <laughs> if you if you didn't want to know about what we're talking about, you wouldn't have downloaded yeah. and listened to the episode. Maybe I should just give like say what a Dybbuk box is, just like in one sentence. Yeah, sure. What's a Dybbuk box? <laughs> Basically, a Dybbuk box is a box containing a exercised spirit. A Dybbuk. So Which is a Dybbuk. What, is, what it? is a Dybbuk? So, obviously, so... <laughs> Just to even shorten it further, a Dybbuk box is a box with a Dybbuk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was very helpful. I think everyone... Um, okay. It was very helpful. <laughs> okay. So what is a Dybbuk? The Dybbuk itself is a malicious possessing spirit from Jewish mythology. It supposedly is the soul of a dead person. Um, early accounts of possession were of demonic possession, but... It's not demonic possession, it's actually possession by a ghost. Mm -hmm. I mean, a spirit, a ghost, it's along those lines. Yeah. It actually reminds me about Christianity. In Christianity, you have possessions by the devil, by demonic entities. Mm -hmm. It's really similar to that. Yeah. It's sort of like the Judaic version of a demonic possession, but it's not possession by a demon, it's possession yeah. by a spirit. Yeah. Oh, I read I read about a rabbi who supposedly advised an individual said to be possessed to consult a psychiatrist. And I know that priests who talk to possessed Christians uh, often uh, help these people find professional help. So that specific rabbi does the same things that a priest often does. Yeah. Also, exorcisms uh, in Christianity they're not always demonic in nature sometimes it's just someone who doesn't feel mentally good yeah. mentally well and then talks to a priest and together they pray and they sing and that could be seen as a exorcism as well yeah but actually it's more of a finding inner peace yeah yeah, yeah. people who aren't uh, mentally stable who try mm -hmm. to find stability yeah yeah exactly but exorcisms honestly is a very interesting subject yeah, and yes. it's one that we'll do in one of our upcoming episodes. Or two, or three, or a couple episodes. It's a it's <laughs> a, a very <laughs> it's a very interesting episode. So, not to be uh, spoiling anything, maybe just never mind. <laughs> so anyway, one of our next episodes is gonna be about exorcism yeah. because we find it so interesting. Exactly, and it is gonna be interesting. So yeah, so. Dibbuk's intended to be a male spirit who possessed 
women on the eve of their weddings oh. in, in a sexual fashion by entering the women through their vaginas. Oh boy, I'm not surprised because I just glanced to yeah, the screen. Just saw I, just, I just saw that one sentence yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. This is seen in S. Anki's play titled The Dybbuk. S. Anki is a, a Yiddish or Jewish um, playwright. Oh. Yeah. This play popularized the concept of Dybbuk, even though Dybbuks are also found in Torah. The oh, Torah is, the, Torah, is the, um, the religious text of yeah, like Judaism. Is, is like it, the Bible. The Bible, yeah. yeah okay, or okay. like uh, the Quran. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There are other forms of possession in Jewish mythology. So there is the Iber, for example, is a positive possession. The Iber? The Iber. Yeah. Oh, Yes, yeah, so it's a righteous soul, then supposedly possesses a body temporarily. It's a, uh, yeah, this is th this is done with consent, so that the soul can perform a mitzvah, and a mitzvah is a religious duty. I mean, this is all the Jewish religion, and I yeah. I'm not familiar with Jewish Judaism, um, but I know. A mitzvah is a religious duty, and a person is commanded by God to perform this religious duty. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Judaism has 613 such commandments, mm -hmm. so these duties. There are positive commandments, and they number 365. Coincidentally, the number of days in a, in a solar year. Mm -hmm. There's also negative commandments, and they number 248 which is the number of bones and main organs in the human body. Really? Yeah. 240. Put these together, you have 613 commandments. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. And God can command a person or a soul to do one of these duties. And yeah, mm -hmm. if that's a soul, then it's a nibber and a nibber can possess someone with consent. Yeah. to do these duties and once that duty is handled the Iber is I guess released of its hold yeah. releases oh. its hold and then Damn, yeah. wow. it's mythology it's religion it's very interesting and yeah. it's, a, it's a bit weird for us as Christians I'm not a Christian yeah but we're raised <laughs> Christian that's what I mean yeah. the way we uh, see religion is always through a Christian yeah. way and I mean, I'm not a Christian as well, <laughs> but it is different than what we what we have been yeah, taught as yeah, kids or true. as as adults. So yeah, you have a dibuk, and a dibuk is a, a negative entity. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, a negative entity is soul of that person who uh, possesses you without your consent, and then you have an ibur, oh, yeah. which is a positive entity okay. who okay. does it with consent. Yeah. So it's put like yin and yang, the bad and the good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And a dibba can always be um, exercised through an exorcism, yeah. as can a demon be exorcised from a Christian by an exorcism. Mm -hmm. So it's very um, similar. Similar. Yeah. Well, I, I guess every religion has a form of that spirit that can possess and a form of exorcism. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm not sure if every religion has one of these, but... Um, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I mean... I know, I would think every religion has I think, some form of that. I think you would be very safe if you would bet on it. If 
you would make a bet on it. Yeah. It's probably very safe for you to, yeah, because, to bet that. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, it comes back in the origins, like before Christ and everything, when, when people um, still believed in multiple gods. And uh, I'm thinking like Native Americans, um, you know, all the original stuff. The original... That's yeah. That's religions. what I. Yeah, that's what I call it. Yeah. Religions. Like yeah. Paganism. Every every religion has its spirits and its entities, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's probably a safe bet to yeah. think that every religion has a possessing evil entity and perhaps a possessing positive entity. Yeah, I guess so. But what about the box then? That's the thing that I don't uh, I don't really get. All right, onto the the big box. Onto the box part. So I'm going to start with the story of how the Dybbuk box um, gained its popularity, I guess. Well, popularity is maybe a bit weird to yeah, phrase it's a bit it, but much, how, how we... Know of a Dybbuk box. Yeah. Because we are talking, the Dybbuk box specifically is one box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in 2003, a man named Kevin Manis listed something on eBay called a Dybbuk box. He added pictures of an old wine cabinet and a rather strange but long product description. It was a story about a holocaust survivor and paranormal phenomena. At the end of the description it apparently said, help me. And here is how the story goes. We will put pictures of uh, this specific box yeah. on Instagram. On our Instagram as well. and uh, on I'll, our I'll, website. I'll put a picture of a Dybbuk and, and perhaps even of the unlucky mummy. Yeah, yeah, of course, I why mean, not, why not? We spoke about it, so... Exactly. So, um, Kevin Manis lived in Portland, Oregon, America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, not America, United States of America. Yeah. America's not country. You have to be very specific. It's true, United but... United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> it's right, it's correct. Um, so, one day he was visit visiting a, a yard sale to look for some old stuff and furniture for his own um, furniture uh, refinishing business. So, he had like an own store where he also refinished yeah. old stuff. Yeah. Very cool, to be honest. So, suddenly he came across a old wooden wine cabinet. Um, the person selling it was the granddaughter of a woman who had recently passed away at the age of 103, by the way. It's, that's yeah. not relevant, but it's pretty yeah, cool. That's old. It's really old. Yeah. So that's cool. I think it's 103 for a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. It is, I don't know, these people who had to survive such a tragedy yeah. always live to that age. Yeah, I've it's noticed It's unbelievable they, they... how hard these people are and how sturdy. Yeah, exactly. And they always live to be 90, 100, even yeah, older. Yeah, they've, they've been through so much, I think. That has, death has no grip on them. I guess. Her grandmother uh, was a Holocaust survivor who grew up in Poland. She got married and raised a family until World War II happened and uh, the Nazis took over and sent her and her family to a concentration camp. Poland had it very rough. Yeah. It was the first yeah. country that was invaded, one of the first that was invaded by the Nazis, mm -hmm. and uh, which meant that the Nazis had quite some time to yeah. damage the country. Exactly. Um, sadly, she was the only person in her family to survive. After her family was killed, she escaped the camp and fled with um, other survivors to Spain and lived there until the war ended. After that, she immigrated to the US and brought only three items with her. The wine cabinet was one of those items. 
She got the cabinet in Spain, by the way. She didn't bring it from Poland. She got it oh, in Spain okay. and then brought, yeah. bring it, brought it to the US. So it's actually a Spanish cabinet. Spanish wine cabinet. I guess, yeah. Um, Manis bought the box along with some other items the granddaughter was selling. Um, and she told Manis it was a Dybbuk box. So Manis was like, what is a Dybbuk box? Yeah. <laughs> um, and her grandmother told her that to always keep it shut and out of reach because a Dybbuk was inside. So now we already know what a Dybbuk is. Yeah. Um, one of these evil spirits. Exactly. So one of those spirits was trapped in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was never to be opened uh, and he had to keep it out of reach. Yeah. Um, so before actually selling the box to Manis, uh, the granddaughter warned him, like, really, really never open it because mm-hmm. bad things will happen. So apparently the grandmother had actually requested that the box would be buried with her, but um, apparently that is contrary to the rules of an Orthodox Jewish Jewish, uh, burial, so her request was not honored. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about Jewish burials, but I thought it was interesting to include. There's different Jewish sects and different parts of religion as in Christianity. Like we have Jehovah's Witnesses, Protestants, Catholic. Well, I believe that Orthodox Jewish people can't be buried with anything. Oh, okay. I think no, I mean, earthly possession is a bit yeah. weird to say, but they don't take anything with them anyway. Yeah. I believe. I'm not sure. Don't put me on a stake. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. So, um, Manis was like, okay, like this box seems very sentimental to you, like it was your grandmother and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, it's so sentimental. Are you sure you want to sell it to me? And she was like, yeah, you just bought it, you paid for it. I'm not taking it back, you're taking it with you. And Manis said in his story that she actually got really angry and upset. Yeah. Because she was like, no, you, you bought it, no, you've got to take the box yeah. now. Like, it you sounds, take it with you. It sounds like the beginning of a bad horror movie. Right yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Be- no, wait, no. I'm not going to yeah. tell that in the yeah. end. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> um, so she would not take the, the box back. Yeah. So, Kevin Manis took the items he purchased back to his shop to restore it. Mm-hmm. He planned on giving the wine cabinet to his mother for her birthday, which was on the 28th of October. Mm-hmm. To restore the cabinet, he had to open it, and so he did. Inside, he found some curious objects. Um, there were two... U- so he took it back and opened it immediately. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. There were two um, US wheat pennies inside, one yeah. dating from 1925 and one from na- uh, 1928. Yeah. There were two locks of hair, a blonde lock and a brown slash black lock of hair. It's not really that weird, to be honest. It no. might sound weird, but I know I have a, a, a picture album that my mm. mother yeah. made. Yeah, I also have a lock of hair in a picture there's album. There's a lock of hair from her mother mm-hmm. when oh. that she took when uh, my grandmother died yeah but apparently that used to be a thing yeah that so used to be a thing so indeed it's not that yeah it's not that weird weird so that uncommon it's probably yeah. very common actually especially if the the pennies were from 1925 yeah. 1928 yeah, yeah, yeah. then hair locks were probably too so yeah, that maybe. considering it's yeah. actually not that weird but yeah. okay there was also a um, dried rosebud, a golden wine cup, mm-hmm. a four-legged candlestick. I'm not too sure what I what I'm I have trying, to imagine. I'm picturing it in my head, and it. I think it's like a candlestick, like you know, for one candle, but yeah. with four legs. I think, I think that's it's something that's like that. what it says for like candlestick. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, imagining. That's also what I'm imagining. So I guess it's just that. Yeah. <laughs> and there was also a granite sculpture with the Hebrew word shalom. Inscribed. You know what shalom means? 
Uh, it's like... Isn't that like something like Amen or something? No, I think oh. Shalom is... Um, Jewish people say that to each other when they greet. When they oh, greet each other, they say Shalom. But also, when they leave, they also say, say Shalom. Ah. Um, I think it translates to Peace be with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well... I, you be. could even look at it as, as someone say uh, Aloha. You know, Aloha ah. in, um, yeah. in Hawaii. It's something you say when it doesn't you, you say that to greet someone and to say farewell to someone but it doesn't mean hi or bye oh yeah 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 okay yeah. i yeah, i think yeah, so i Shalom, understand you yeah. can look at it as it's as amen i think they also say amen would also be shalom but i think oh it really means peace be with you oh yeah okay i hope I'm not Jewish. I really hope so. I, I don't speak <laughs> Hebrew. It's the thing off the top of my head. I think I remember. Well, if it's wrong, we will correct it on we Twitter. We will correct it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, later, he also find, found that in the back of the cabinet, um, it had the Shema carved in, which is a prayer uh, considered to be one of the most important in uh, Judaism. Yeah, I didn't know that. You did? No. Didn't. Okay. Didn't. Yeah, me neither. So no. I don't even know if. She, Shema, Shema? It's, yeah, I think actually it will be Shema. Shema. But I'm not sure, I don't speak Hebrew. (laughs) Me neither. Um, So after opening the cabinet, he actually decided to not refinish it. Yeah. But just clean it and rub it in lemon oil. Cool decision. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cool decision of him. Let's open this cabin, who we've been warned not to open. Yeah. uh, And try to refurbish it and and clean it up. And then open it and just not clean it up. Yeah. Well, he did clean it. Well, he but clean, clean he it, did but not he did actually... Do, he did do it with the purpose that yeah. he started out with. Exactly. It's a dumb thing. So, Manus was not able to give it to his mother on oh. her actual birthday. Even since she, <laughs> Since she was already um, having plans that day with friends. So, she came to his shop a few days later on Halloween. On Halloween's Eve, huh? Yes. Um, Manus gave her the wine cabinet and his mother seemed to really like it. Yeah. Um, at that moment, Kevin's phone rang and he went to the back of the store to take the call. <laughs> what? Seven days. <laughs> I was like, why are you laughing? What did I say? Oh no, seven days. Oh my god. Seven days. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Oh my god. Imagine. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, only five minutes later, one of Kevin's employees came running to the back telling him um, something was wrong with his mm-hmm. mother. So Manis ran to his mother, only to find her sitting in a chair, no expression on her face, tears running down her cheeks. She would not respond to uh, any of his questions. Mm -hmm. So his mother actually suffered from a stroke and was taken to the hospital. On the table next to the chair she was sitting in was a wine cabinet and it was opened. So it probably wasn't seven days, but five minutes. Yeah, seven minutes. Five minutes. (laughs) In the hospital, um, Kevin's mother was doing a little bit better, but she was still unable to yeah, speak. That's typical of a She did regain that speech um, later on yeah. in life again, but at that point she could not speak mm-hmm. yet. So she uh, responded by pointing to letters to spell words, yeah. and she was able to tell Kevin um, that she hated the gift. Kevin kind of laughed it off and told her sorry he didn't like the gift, but he didn't link it to anything paranormal. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> He then gave uh, the cabinet to his sister, but after only a week, she gave it back. His sister told him that the cabinet is 
doors wouldn't stay closed. Yeah. Kevin was like, um, that's weird because when I worked on it, it just stayed closed. Yeah, but I and believe now, that the I believe that the cabinet originally was sealed with wax. Uh, as far I've not read that no? in this story. Other big boxes are. Oh, okay. Like okay. I might have. Uh, I might have conflicted. I might have. I mean, it could have mistaken been. some other things. But I did it. not read it in no, this okay. story. No. Okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. Um, the cabinet, however, that had, had did have a special kind of mechanism. So if you would open one door it would automatically also open the other door and the, the drawer, drawer yeah, yeah. So the, if the doors didn't stay closed, everything opened yeah. all at once. Yeah. So Kevin, he, he got it back and then decided to give it to his brother and his wife. <laughs> and they only kept it for three days no before returning it. No one wants this damn box. No, no. And they said um, the box smelled like cat urine. And oh. they get, couldn't get the smell okay. out. Okay. Kevin also found that strange because he was like, I didn't smell yeah, cat he, he urine. Yeah, cleaned it with lemon oil and that's, yeah, that's really that's nice smelling. Exactly. So, so that was kind of weird. Um, so Kevin was like, okay, well then I'm going to give it to my girlfriend. And she also came back with it only after two days. <laughs> She's still giving it away. And then Kevin was like, you know what? I'm just going to sell it in my own <laughs> store. Screw so, this shit. Um... I'm gonna sell it. So he yeah. actually sold to an uh, elderly couple. Yeah. Who seemed very excited to buy it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then three days later, um, Kevin went to his store to open the shop, and at the front doors of his shop was the cabinet with a little note attached. And the note said, "This has a bad darkness." Kevin had no idea what all of this meant, and he was like, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna take it in my own house, screw this shit. Just throw it out, <laughs> just throw it out. Yeah, no, he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna keep it myself, then. And this, of course, is where things got even worse. Foreshadowing. Once the box was in his own house, he actually started having a recurring nightmare. One, one recurring nightmare. Okay. In this nightmare, Kevin would be walking with a friend, and at some point, he would find himself looking in the eyes of that friend. Mm -hmm. But when he looked, he actually would realize that it was not his, his friend, but something demonic looking back at him. Ooh. Yeah. The demon then proceeds to beat him, and Kevin would actually wake up with bruises on his body. Bruises and marks on his body. Still, Kevin did not link it to anything paranormal. He was yeah. like, yeah, this is just it's a, one big just coincidence. a regular night. Until battered and bruised. <laughs> exactly. Until his sister, brother, and his brother's wife came over to his house and spent the night. The next morning, his sister complained about having a nightmare and described to Kevin the exact same nightmare that he's been having. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they were listening, his brother and his wife froze and eventually told them they had been having the same nightmares. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. Kevin then called his girlfriend and asked if she had been having nightmares, to which she responded that she had, and described to him the exact same nightmare. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> After that, Kevin began seeing shadows in the corners of his eyes. Yeah. Shadow people. <laughs> Eventually, he put the cabinet in an outside storage unit, um, like mm -hmm. just right outside of his yeah. house. It's like um, a garage or something. Yeah. Yeah. Storage unit. 
so one night he woke up to the fire alarm going off in the storage unit. Mm -hmm. He got up to see what it was, but nothing was burning. There was, however, an intense smell of cat urine. When he got back into his house, the smell was there too. Kevin had never owned a cat. Yeah. It was but like, you don't need to own a cat to find cat urine, to be honest. Okay, no. You can have could a cat be, just yeah, wandering stray around. Cat, true, but there was no cat. Yeah. Basically. He didn't have a cat, so it's not logical for him to have cat urine. Yeah. Or at least the smell of it in his house. Exactly. And not in such a short amount of time. Like, yeah. For your whole house to smell like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Instead of going back to sleep, um, he actually went on his computer and started researching about these kinds of things. He read that there are people who actually look for these type of haunted boxes mm -hmm. yeah. and buy them on eBay and such. So Kevin decided to put the box up for sale on eBay, including this entire story and begging someone to help him. After he put the listing online, he proceeded to add some updates uh, to the description before the bidding ended. So, like, you can bid until, whatever, let's say, the yeah, 15th a, a of February. Yeah, and he just added some more updates up until that date. Yeah. One of the last updates was um, that he thought the box stopped haunting him until he got home one day. Which, coincidentally, on a Friday the 13th. Okay. 13th, Super coincidental. And he saw all of his 10 fish dead in his in their uh, aquarium. So that is the story of the Dybbuk box. That is a yeah. story that was included that Kevin, in the yeah, listing in of the, listing the, the on eBay. Box. So the box was actually sold for $280 on the 9th of February in 2004. You can actually find this entire story, including the original eBay listing, on Kevin Manis' website, dibbukbox.com. Except yeah. that Dibbuk is written with an I and not with a Y. Yeah. Um, all the original items w were also uh, included in the cell with the box. Oh, you mean the things that were inside? Yeah, the pennies, yeah. the, the hair lock. Okay, that's such. cool, that's cool. Um, in 2011, Jason Hexton, who had br briefly owned the cabinet, uh, wrote a book about the Dibbuk box as well. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, a horror movie was made um, about the Dibbuk box, or like he, the the story was used Inspired as an inspiration. On this story, the movie is called The Possession, and both Kevin Manis and Jason Haxton were production consultants on the film. And it also is said that apparently five days after the shooting of the film ended, all the movie props were destroyed in a mysterious fire. That's a lot of misfortune in this That's story. <laughs> Exactly, right? Yeah. So unlucky! Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I found it so interesting that there was so much misfortune in the story of the unlucky mummy? And there's so much misfortune in this story as well. Mm. So, um, do you know Zach Baggins? Or Baggins? I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, you mean the host of the go of the show Ghost Ventures? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you would think that. <laughs> so, no, presidential I, that I, you can read my notes. No, but I also know who that guy is. <laughs> and really? I know okay. the next part you're gonna say is not a unknown part to me. I'm gone. But post Turn my own. No! <laughs> No, I did not want you to know. <laughs> I knew that already. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay, but okay, no. anyway, um, so Zach Baggins bought the box from Hexton in 2016. Yeah. Um, in the same year, both Kevin Manis and Jason Hexton were featured on an episode of Ghost Adventures Deadly Positions, where they bring the box to Baggins' haunted museum in Las Vegas. Yeah. 
And um, the box, I think, resides there until this day. Yeah, I and think that's correct. Highlighted as the world's most haunted object. Yeah, but probably every haunted museum has one of these yeah. objects. I mean, I, I guess. know that. Uh, I mean, the Annabelle doll. Yeah, the Annabelle doll is supposedly <laughs> the most haunted object in the world as well. Which I kind of believe. But I mean, yeah, probably every <laughs> museum claims that. Oh, are we gonna do an episode on Annabelle? I mean, we can. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear that? Let us know. Because I'm like super excited. Uh, I'm so into the conjuring stuff and like yeah. Adam Lorraine Warren. Like yeah, I the Warrens. even if I don't believe everything, I'm just I'm super like. I just think everything. I think the Warrens are more interesting than all the paranormal things around it. I think the both of them are oh, very yeah, yeah, interesting of course, people. Yeah, they already yeah whatever. For another but episode. anyway, <laughs> another episode. So um, Zach Baggins um, opens the box himself on an episode of Ghost Adventures Quarantine, which mm -hmm. was in I think 2020, because it, yeah, it was during quarantine. Yeah, it was quarantine. So that must have been 2020. Yeah. Um, and apparently they heard it say Kevin and Evil, Kevin as in Kevin Manis. Yeah. And uh, they even saw a shadow figure. Yeah. Later in the episode, um, security camera footage was included of Baggins' friend, Post Malone. <laughs> I, I find it, it's fun how, you, I mean, it's funny how you say Baggins' friend, Post Malone, and a musician and world-famed artist, Post Malone. That was like the bill of, you know, yeah. Baggins' friend. <laughs> Post Malone! <laughs> so he was touching Baggins' shoulder, like... In a lot of articles, it says like Post Malone touched the box, but that's not true. No, he, he touched, touch the box. I saw the footage. shoulder, yeah. yeah. Um, who was touching uh, the closed, then closed, the big box? Yeah. And that was before they opened it on the show. It's like touching an electric fence with your friends. Yeah. You all hold yeah, yeah, hands yeah, yeah, in yeah, a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So kind of like that. Kind of like that. Um, after they opened the dipping box, Post Malone got into a car accident, almost had a plane wreck. Yeah. His house got broken into, and he had some other bad luck events, all within eight times month. So that's like, yeah. really short. Like you, I don't know if that's yeah, coincidence. In, in a month's time, that's really, I mean, all these things happening. Yeah. Okay, car crash, car accidents, those things happen. Exactly. But then also a plane accident, because planes don't no. often have accidents. I don't, I, I don't know the details of the plane uh, accident. It, it said He said, I, was, I watched the intro, yeah. interview of Post Malone, he said, he, I almost got into a plane wreck. I'm not too sure yeah, what that means. Yeah, he doesn't give details, but... But, and his house got broken into, I mean... Could be a coincidence. It could be, but... Aren't houses of celebrities like super high security? Security, I mean, yeah, security? gated communities, and I think he I don't think he lives in. A, I don't know, but he, he lives in a beautiful house. He lives in a yeah, and he safe house. He built a bunker underneath his house. He built a bunker in his house. Yeah, yeah, that was in the interview. That was so fascinating. I was like, oh shit, this. Is. By the way, Post Malone is such like a friendly guy. I mean, yeah, I, like yeah. I don't really. He's listen really to his chill music, and down to earth guy. I mean, I actually do kind of listen to his music sometimes. But he, he seems like a really nice guy. But basically, he's building a bunker since 2020 because of I mean, what you, the what else apocalypse. You do, what else are you going to do with all your money? Oh, yeah. And uh, he says uh, there's a place for like 30 of his friends. Oh, cool. Uh, if there were to ever have a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, if there ever something so happens and he needs to go into his bunker, he can take... 29 of his friends then? Exactly, Th 30. I mean, oh, so it's yeah, capacity yeah, yeah. of 31. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess so. Um, so yeah, the big boxes 
are now found on eBay, Etsy, even the dark web, um, dark the web. dark web, um, etc. In all kinds of sizes and for all kinds of prices. Obviously, obviously. Um, the typical box is like square with wax to keep them yeah, shut. Yeah, that's where I got the wax thing. And many YouTubers open them in their videos and sometimes like paranormal stuff happens after that, sometimes not. But of course, it's like up to the viewer, I guess, to be yeah. to to see if you believe it or not. Yeah, a lot of these videos are, are clickbaity. Yeah, opening a Dibbox box at three a.m. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bought a Dibbox box from the dark web. You'll yeah. never know what happens. Now, what I do find is, like, I I do believe that most of these YouTuber YouTubers actually buy the boxes. Like, they don't make them themselves. I mean, I guess they could, but. You can see them buying them sometimes, but yeah. whatever, someone else can easily make them. However, yeah. I have come across some videos where the um, whatever is inside the box, like the possessions, not the demon, but like the possessions, <laughs> are creepy. Yeah. And are like, oh, that's just kind of disturbing. Yeah, but demon or not, that's kind of disturbing. That's also these videos, like saying, where people buy. Uh, mystery boxes from yeah, the dark exactly. web. Yeah, exactly. Same it's thing. It's also the same thing, but those I've are those as well. Those are obviously stage. It's okay, just I a guess. couple of guys who take a cardboard box, say let's throw some random crap in it, some let's throw chicken foot in it, and throw a baby yeah. doll with its eyes stabbed out. Let's throw in a knife as well, but yeah, we'll put but some ketchup on it. I've seen some really disturbing ones, and it's, I'm just like... I have an old wig here, I'll just pull out some hair, yeah. put the hair in the box, and then tape it up really badly, Looks there looks really shitty, Yeah, yeah. and then we'll make a video about it. I mean, it's something it that's be. so easily staged. That is, that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I've seen some really disturbing shit, and... Like staged or not, it's disturbing. Yeah, like, it's, what the hell? it's disgusting. <laughs> a lot of a lot of these videos like, are seen, disgusting, even if it's staged or not. Yeah, I've seen mystery boxes that included tapes, and on those tapes, it's just like weird footage, like just like, uh, just not. Okay, but uh, -uh. no, no, no. Could be staged. No. Still be staged. Staged or not was disturbing. This is disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the big box. Kevin Manis' Dibbig Box. Yeah. Um, according to Kenny Biddle. Kenny Biddle? I have no clue who Kenny Biddle is, but Kenny just Biddle. A random guy? <laughs> I think he's a reporter or something. Still just a random guy <laughs> to us. He actually concluded that the wine cabinet did not come from Spain, but was actually a mini bar from New York. Okay. So these type of boxes were used as mini, mini bars. bars. And not wine cabinets. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, similar. It looks like yeah, I get it. From the for place for the bottles, yeah. for the glasses to be stored. But yeah. the oranges of the box are apparently not from Spain, but, but from, New, from York. New York. Okay. And eventually Kevin Menes later admitted that the story on his eBay listing was indeed made up. Yeah. And he just kept adding updates to keep it interesting and basically get more money for the Get box. more money. I got almost $300 yeah, for it. Yeah, so. I mean, how many stuff on the internet is lied? Like, I don't, I don't think he did a crime there. It's also right. another similarity to the Unlucky yes, Mummy. Exactly. Uh, when, exactly. Yeah, I knew that this part was coming, so I yeah. was... 
I mean, it's a lot of similarities. It's exactly. very cool. So I thought it was very interesting because when I first was reading this story, I was like, wow, is this true? Like, because the, the, the original story might not be true. Whatever happened with the box, like it's in a museum and haunted stuff happened. Yeah. Ghost Adventures, Post Malone was almost killed. Like, that stuff is, is real. I mean, yeah. is it because of the box? But, I guess not. Yeah, but, but are we not projecting yeah. onto that box then? I mean, I guess. If we know that the story is made up, so, well, I mean, couldn't have been about. I mean, I mean, I guess. Misfortune not. that Post Malone had could have been from the box then. I guess not. Maybe the box was originally not demonic or whatever, but maybe now it's suddenly... Something has attached itself yeah. to that box. Because, okay, here's like a super random theory that yeah. I just literally came, came up, up with. at this moment, as you are <laughs> fond of doing. This box is now in a museum, the Haunted Museum of um, Zach Baggins. Yeah. This Haunted Museum is full of haunted objects. So, oh, no. so what if these one of these spirits, demons that was actually originally attached to one of the other items was just like, oh, just kind of like this box a little better, or he was like, oh, this box is actually nothing. Gonna, I don't know how the, I it don't know how spirits and demons work. It has work. detached from one of yeah. the haunted objects in his museum and attached itself to that box. Maybe it was like, excuse me, I'm this this random box. I'm jealous of the attention <laughs> this box is getting. Yeah, exactly. Like this box is said to be the world's most haunted item, and it's not even haunted. And you're like, <laughs> I'm here, hello. And the spirit was just like, mm-hmm, the box is mine now. It's a good thing that we don't know how spirits work. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it's all speculation at this point. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? I, I guess anything's possible. <laughs> very interesting. And it's also, I think it's very coincidental and very cool of us that we sort of like, that we took two stories who went this very similar routes. Mm-hmm. Both of them are made up. Both of them are about misfortune, about yep. accidents and yeah. death. And exactly. Now, I do want to include one other thing that I did find a little strange when I found out that the story was made up because um, Kevin and his mother actually um, started a little interview about the box mm-hmm. and I watched a part of the interview on YouTube and if the story is actually made up then wow, that mother is a great actor because when she told about the box she was so she looked so terrified and note that this lady was is like by the time of this interview already in her i guess 80s mm-hmm. she definitely looked in her 80s maybe not even 90s maybe not yeah, but, but definitely her, in her 80s she could just not know that the story was made up you so you think that she had a stroke that that was true but it was just coincident i'm not saying that the stroke was real yeah. I'm not saying it's a lie or if it's the truth, but yeah. um, she could read. I mean, the mind is a powerful thing. The truth. Our brains make us believe and see things that aren't there or exactly. should be there. So if her son told his mother about all the misfortunes that happened with this box mm-hmm. and how haunted it could have been amongst these oh, things. Yeah, but she actually told oh, yeah, her she... side of the story. like. I was suddenly not unable to move and such and she she was so terrified when she recalled the story and she even started crying. Yeah. And I was just like Yeah, but, but these the things, story is fake, huh? Yeah, but if these things have really happened to her, 
then she, even if the story is fake, she still thinks that these hap- things are real. She I could guess. not have, I mean, it could be possible that she knew from the start that it was a fabrication, but if she didn't know it was a fabrication, then, I mean, that doesn't take away the strength of that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she believed that that things, the things that happened to her are real, well, then those things are real yeah, for her. Yeah, 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 okay, I get what you mean. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's something like that, which yeah. I, I feel it's kind of like, poor woman, like, the story is not even real, yeah. but I don't know, of course, what, what actually happened. No. For all I know, they were both in the cup one. But, but yeah, that was the story of uh, Divic Bugs. So, Very um... Interesting. I find it ex- extremely fascinating because I used to watch these YouTubers open dipping boxes without me knowing where the fuck it came from. Mm-hmm. And now we I'm, have not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I always believed it, but I was always really fascinated. Like, wow, where does these boxes mm-hmm. come from? Mm-hmm. And to now discover that it's actually a fake, like the Dybbuk is real. I mean, is it real? I mean, the Dybbuk mythology is real. Yeah. The Dybbuk box mythology, I guess it's not. It's not yeah. Jewish. Um, and... Yeah, now I just kind of like all these YouTubers. Like they probably don't know. Like these debit boxes are old. Or they're very good and maybe I it. could start making debit boxes. Just <gasps> wait. Instead of us like it's, getting merch, we yeah. just sell the come before dawn debit boxes. First <laughs> and when item you op- of merchandise. Oh, and when you open them, oh there are they come before dawn stickers inside, <laughs> and and like pictures of us like photoshopped oh, no. into old pictures of haunted stuff like oh my god i'm having ideas You're, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be uh, in charge of any merchandise i want to be in charge of the merchandise <laughs> here you can buy our dibbic box they come before dawn dibbic box how yep. about they come before dawn haunted coffee cup no. Oh. It was a joke. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's not a good idea. It was just a joke. Oh, sad. Alright. So yeah, that's the story of the debit box. Very interesting. Thanks I hope everyone much. found it as interesting as the both of us did. Yeah. And that is, however, not to say that there aren't boxes out there that are actually haunted. Because I still believe in the paranormal. Could be. I still believe that there are actual boxes out there that are haunted. Yeah. Maybe not by a debit, but possible. who knows? If who a knows? doll can be haunted, why shouldn't the box be yeah, able exactly. to be haunted? Exactly. I just don't know how it will work, but... <laughs> Me neither, but whatever. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, that was it. That me. was it. I hope everyone <laughs> had a, a great time. Yeah. I hope this night's episode was as interesting for our listeners as it was for us. And perhaps you could let us know how interesting you found it. Yeah. Mm. Where can people find us? Well, you can find us on all social media platforms. I mean, I guess all social media. Let's just say the, the, the main... The big ones. Yeah, the big ones. <laughs> the big ones. And the big ones, indeed. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they come before Dawn. Twitter, they come BFR down. Um, you can send us an email. They come before Dawn pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can just find all of our links on Linktree. Yeah. You can also find us on their website, theycomebeforedom.wixsite.com slash podcast. And I guess that is about it. Well, I do. last week you 
ended the episode with a recommendation. Oh yes, exactly. And I think I should now yeah. tell you what recommendation I have. I have one, and I'm curious. Because I have one. It's a, a two guys, two guys, no. It's a it's a podcast that we have <laughs> Two guys, one cup. <laughs> two guys, one box. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was good. I'm just seeing myself. <laughs> Oh, that was such good. a bad joke. That was such a good joke. So, I have a podcast I want to uh, mm-hmm. recommend you, and I want to oh. recommend um, all other all our listeners yes. because with us because this episode we talked about the Dibbuk and a spirit. Yeah. Let's say I want to recommend a podcast that we have had a few interactions with. Oh. Uh, it's the Spirits and Spirits podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah indeed. It's the Spirits and Spirits, the Spirits and Spirits podcast. It's a podcast uh, hosted by Drea and Jack. Oh. And well, they talk about spirits. Yeah. And they drink spirits. They drink spirits. About uh, spirits is a different word for alcohol, strong alcohol. Oh. Whiskey, gin. Really. Tequila, People stuff say like that. Spirits to that's, alcohol. That's also. Um, the way you can say it. It's like alcohol could also be beers and wines. Yeah. Those aren't spirits. Oh, okay. Spirits strong is alcohol. strong alcohol. Oh, I didn't know. Liquor. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so they drink? They drink. Uh, each week they drink a different spirit. Yeah. And they talk about a different spirit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then an actual spirit. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the, if you believe in actual spirits. A paranormal spirits, spirit. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah okay. They, <laughs> they drink So alcohol. they just drink alcohol and they talk about ghosts. Yeah, okay, okay. Way to make it difficult for me. <laughs> they're, I think they're two very interesting people to listen to. And I mean, I would really recommend everyone to just oh, give it a try. Yeah, I will. I definitely yeah. will. Okay. Th- that's my recommendation. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So shout out to uh, Spirits and Spirits. You can find them on Instagram at Spirits and Spirits Bot and on Twitter at Ghost Drinkers. And also Ghost Drinkers. Ghost Drinkers. <laughs> nice. And you can also find them on Spotify. Yeah. Spirits and spirits. All right, nice, awesome. Okay, so I, I guess that was it for uh, yeah. this night's episode. This was this night's episode, and I hope everyone had fun. And I hope we'll see you in the next night. Exactly. Have a nice night. Have a good evening. Bye. Next time on They Come Before Dawn, Japan, nineteen eighty-four. What started with meditation and yoga classes quickly led to something way darker. One man with thousands of followers worldwide. In the next episode, we will be talking about Japan's most evil cult, Aum Shinrikyo, the cult of Shoko Asahara.